Thank you for listening. This is Brett Trainer, your host for Hardwired for Growth, a podcast where we strive to help entrepreneurs and business owners not only grow their businesses, but scale them. We do this by having conversations with industry experts and the entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled their own businesses. Statistics show that only 5% of all startups ever achieve annual revenue of a million dollars and less than 1% reach 10 million. Our mission is to help more than double the number of companies that reach each of those thresholds. In this episode, I have a conversation with Michael Haynes. Michael is the author of the book, Listen, Innovate, Grow, a guidebook for startups and SMEs to acquire and grow business customers. In addition to being an author, Michael's an advisor to companies across the globe, but predominantly in Australia, Canada, and in Brazil. In this conversation with Michael, Michael shares best practices from his book and helps outline a blueprint for growth. The key questions we answer and the topics we cover are why B2B customers are an untapped market for many startups, why Michael wrote this book and how it can help you, why the first step to growth is to listen to your customers and the market, the difference between selling directly to a consumer versus a business, why more than 40% of all businesses fail because they lacked a product market fit, why understanding the various buyer requirements will shorten the sales cycle, and many other value nuggets. Now, on to the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies, led by your host, Brett Trainer. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brett. You're joining us all the way from beautiful Australia today, aren't you? Yeah, that is correct. I'm here in Sydney, Australia. The way I like to kind of kick off the show is rather than you give me your job description or a title, you know, I like to ask the guest, if you're at a cocktail party, how do you describe to people what you do? Brett, I very simply, all, I'm all about helping startups and small, medium businesses get the business customers they are after so that they can get the growth and success that they ultimately seek for themselves in their business. Oh, that's awesome. And that's exactly why I wanted to, to have you on the show, because as, as you know, this, uh, our audience is in that, that boat, right? They're looking to really scale their business versus maybe they've hustled their way to a, a certain growth threshold, but now are looking to, to really scale the business. And uh, you're all, also the author of the book, Listen, Innovate, Grow. And that's really the main topic I wanted to chat about because I think there's a ton of value in that for, for our listeners that one, have not read the book, but two, it, it provides a really good framework to help you know, prioritize and think about you know, how to get on that, that growth trajectory. But before we get into the book, maybe you could share with the audience, you know, what was the inspiration for the book? Sure, Brett. So the reason why I wrote Listen, Innovate, Grow is because I've been doing a lot of work with businesses ranging from your individual uh, sole operators right through to your uh, large mid-markets and corporates, all about helping them get the business customers they seek to drive growth and success in their businesses. And what I was finding, Brett, is that while there's a lot in terms of this business customer or B2B space for a lot of resources for the larger end of town, for your mid-markets, your enterprise, and your large organizations, for the individual sole traders, for small, medium businesses, and your startups, 
I just found that there was really no resources there to really guide them on what are the things that they need to do if they really want to build and grow their business, take their business to the next level. There really wasn't anything out there. So with that gap in the market, um, I guess I would say, which really was the impetus for me to say, you know what, there's a gap here. We have so many... Australia, United States, Canada, you know, these are all countries that have very strong markets that are very small, medium market driven. But there's, but despite the large number of SMEs or SMBs, there's not a lot of resources to really help them in terms of how to build and grow. So I just felt it was needed to start providing that resource to fill that gap. So that was really the impetus uh, behind it. Awesome. No, and, and that's, that's great. And it's, it's so true on the resource standpoint with a lot of these small businesses. And, you know, one of the reasons I, I started this podcast was a stat that I saw. And I, I don't know if this is just U.S. It may be just a U.S.-based stat that less than 5% of all startups actually reach a million dollars in revenue and less than 1% actually make it to 10 million in revenue. And I don't know about you. And I think you've been, you know, in this space longer than I have, that there's some really good business ideas and some really good entrepreneurs that for one reason or another, just didn't get it to that level. And I'm not meaning to say that if you don't make $2 million, it's not a successful business, but it just, that really surprised me of that. There was that few of businesses that actually crossed that threshold. Yes, Brett, and I've seen similar stats, which um, for both Australia and Canada, and that sh- they show that similar pattern of that difficulty, that challenge for uh, startups and small medium businesses to be able to drive and have that growth and have that sustainable growth over extended period of like three years or more. Yeah, very challenging and something that very few uh, startups and small medium businesses achieve. Again, being another driver for me personally to saying. Um, Another reason why I need to try to write this book and provide some tools and insights to help our tribe of startups and small medium businesses to be able to overcome that stat and have sustainable, profitable growth. Yeah, I I love that. I think that's the the words I like to use is, you know, sustainable and scalable, right? There's a lot of people promoting, you know, growth hacks and those types of things, which, you know, maybe in the short term will give you some you know, spikes in your revenue, but back to your word of sustainable, it's what I found is most of them are not sustainable in that you've really got to build the infrastructure to be able to scale a business. Absolutely. Got it. All right. Well, that's a good segue, I think, into your book. Now, I do want to unpack the various, uh, when you, I don't know if you call them, not chapters, but the list in phases, I guess, listen, innovate, grow. And, uh, it probably makes sense. Let's start with, why don't you just give us an overview of the three and then we can, we can dig into each one of them. Sure, Brett. So listen, innovate, grow. So the book, it's really as it states as its subtitle, it's really to be a guidebook, a recipe book, for lack of a better word, for startups and small medium businesses on how to acquire those business customers they seek and get in, get that sustainable, profitable growth. And so the, the framework is the Listen, Innovate, Grow framework. So three phases, as you just stated. First phase one is about listening, and that's all about getting depth of understanding on three levels. As you, as the business owner, startup founder, the entrepreneur, getting an understanding, an in-depth understanding of your markets, as well as getting an understanding of the customers that you seek. And I'll go into understanding how you understand uh, business customers and whom within your business customers you need to get a depth of understanding. So that's listening. And so it's all about listening to understand where 
your business where you need to focus. So having that listening on three levels. Then I talk about innovation. And when I talk about innovation, I talk about business innovation. And there are various kinds of innovation, really five kinds of ways that startups, small, medium businesses can innovate. And they need to innovate on multiple levels to get that sustainable, uh, profitable growth and also to acquire those business customers that they seek. And then the third phase is all about growth and it's about getting the growth and managing that growth, which involves managing your finances, managing your people, creating the right kind of environment and culture to be able to be continuing to innovate and drive and have that profitable growth. So that, in a nutshell, is the Listen, Innovate, Grow framework. And that is the basis of the book, which goes through those three phases of how do you listen, get that in-depth understanding, to know where to focus, innovate, or what are the things that you need to do? How are you going to win? So how do you innovate across various dimensions other than just product? And then how do you, once you're getting that profitable growth, how do you maintain and sustain that? Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to, to dig into each of these um, sections of the framework. So let's, let's bop back to, to listen and maybe break down when listen, I'm assuming there's a component with customer, there's market. Um, why don't you sure. help us better understand the, the listen component? So uh, listening, Brett, is all about knowing, uh, it's listening about where to focus. And listening is about getting a depth of understanding. So first of all, in the book, I talk about listening to you. And it's all about understanding you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, as a startup founder, understanding you know, what's your why, what's your vision, and your overall purpose. So you need to have an understanding of what you're all about, what you want your business to be all about, where, what it is now, and where you want it to be moving forward. It's also about having an understanding when I talk about listening to you, about understanding what is you and your company's strengths, where it has that advantage, its areas of expertise, again, to giving you a sense of where you need to focus on. So that's very much what we talk about listening to you. So understanding you as the owner, as well as your company, your vision and purpose, what are your strengths, where you're performing well, where is it you want to go, what you want to achieve. Then I talk about listening to the market. And so you need to understand the markets that you're going to be pursuing. You need to have an in-depth understanding of those markets in terms of, uh, you know, things like, you know, uh, market performance, key trends, the types of customers, um, the stakeholders that, that are involved, your competition, having an in-depth understanding of the competition, of the alternatives within your market. And it's very important, uh, I believe, that, you as an entrepreneur, as a startup founder, that you have an understanding of your competitors from a customer perspective. So who would your customers consider as an alternative to your product or service offering? And so that's about listening to the market. Then I get to the third section, which is listening to customers. And this is the area that I find most companies, be it large or small, in a business-to-business context whereby you're trying to sell your products and services to other businesses, this is where things often come apart. So in terms of listening to customers in a business-to-business context, there's one fundamental difference as opposed to selling to a consumer. When you're selling your products and services, whether it's technology, professional services, it could be um, parts for manufacturing. When you're selling from one business to another, the key fundamental difference as opposed to selling to a consumer is that buyers and users are not the same. And in listening to your customers in a business-to-business context, you must get an understanding of who are the decision makers, who is in that buying group. You need to know who those people are and 
the average now, I believe, is six to eight people that are be involved when you're trying to sell. Uh, let's say you're an IT service provider and you're selling your services into an organization. There'll be six to eight people involved, ranging from the CEO to the chief technology officer, could be someone in marketing, someone in operations. You need to know who are all these people, who are the key decision makers, who are the ones that are influencing those decisions. You need to understand who those people are. What are their priorities? What are their motivators? What are their drivers? And how do they buy? Because those things will define what has to be ultimately your whole product strategy, marketing strategy. It will define everything that you do. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of really good, insightful information. I just want to circle back on a couple of things. And uh, the one I think you said early with the owner is goals and objectives and what you want for the business. I, I, I'm assuming because you put it in the book, you see a lot of the same things I see where these, they just don't have any clear objectives of what they want from the business. I'm not talking KPIs, but just where do you want this business to go? What do you want it to be? And, you know, align around the values or or a mission, those types of things. I'm, I'm assuming you see that quite a bit with the, the companies you work with. Yes, that's quite true. It's very important, Brett, that, that, that owners, founders, entrepreneurs have that clear. They know their why. They have that clarity of purpose as to why they set up the business, where they want the business to grow, how do they want the business to grow. That is critical because it's going to define your strategy, how you move forward. It's going to define the people that you're going to be bringing on as your business evolves and grows. And you need to have that clarity of understanding of where you want to go to make sure you get the right kind of people. Because at the end of the day, your people are your critical resource. They're the ones that are going to make things happen and help you achieve. So you have to have that clarity to know what strategy you're going to pursue and the kinds of people you need to execute and achieve that strategy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. And uh, you just transitioning from that, once you have those goals and objectives, then you start to look at the, the market and the market fit and the competitive landscape. One of the things that surprised me, again, I, I use stats quite a bit on this just because it's uh, numbers driven by, by nature. But, you know, I read somewhere that 43% of businesses that fail self-reported that it wasn't a, there wasn't a product market fit for what they were doing. And part of me was wondering, well, how were they a company if you didn't validate, you know, product market fit? And then I realized that it, it goes back to your, your first knowing yourself as the owner and what you want to accomplish. And then, then looking at the landscape, that number surprised me, but as I dug into it, it, it made more and more sense. Brett, it's quite problematic. Um, yes, that, that standard of the 43%, 42-40% is pretty much a global, yeah, that's a global stat worldwide. And the problem is, is that many startups and uh, small medium businesses, and particularly tech startups, I found in particular, they do not do that listening to understand the market or understand their customers. They jump straight to product before having an understanding of the market or customers. And I'm also finding as well, there's a lack of recognition that when you're selling to business customers, when you're selling to larger organizations that have multiple decision makers, you have to understand decision makers. You have to understand buyer requirements. You need to deliver to buyer needs. And the emphasis is too much on user needs. And the problem is, is that when you're selling into organizations, particularly your mid-markets and your larger organizations, the buyers, the decision makers often never use the product. They're never, they never get that interaction, but they have strategic priorities that they are looking to achieve. And you need to understand as a startup, as a small, medium business owner, 
entrepreneur, you need to understand what those requirements are. And you have to make sure your product or service offering is delivering to those buyer decision maker needs. And the problem is, is that in many, many cases, there's no understanding of who those decision makers are, what's going on in the market. There's that lack of understanding. There, it's that saying of building the product and then hoping the customers will come. That's the epidemic that is happening heavily within tech startups, but also with small and medium businesses as well, resulting in that lack of product market fit. Because in a B2B context, it's almost a product buyer fit is what you really need to have in order to have success. Right, right. And I think even uh, digging into that a, a little bit more, I think from a context that different, the way I kind of like to look at it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, in the simplest of terms, you're, you're identifying what problems you're solving for not just the customer in this case, but each of the buyers, right? So I may be Absolutely. purchasing person and I need my, um, my pain is this cannot be a difficult purchase for me, right? Uh, the user needs certain functionality in order to do their job better. And the CFO, maybe I want to minimize my risk. And so it does get a little more complicated, but the, the companies that do this really well are able to articulate that across the different buyers within an organization. Is that a good way of summing it up? Yes, it's really, that's a good way of summing it up. And there's a term I've come across by some researcher come up, uh, seen recently, and it's about buyer enablement. You need to make it easy for buyers to buy. That is the key to success. And so making it easy for buyers to buy is you need to understand who they are, what are their priorities, how do they buy, what do they need to look at, who do they need to talk to, what do they need to see, and those are the things that will define how you, what you deliver, how you deliver in terms of do you need to be giving case studies, is it references, is it having workshops, that will define what you need to do in order to make it easy for buyers to buy, to make them almost compelled to want to buy from you. Right. Oh, that's so good with the, the buying cross. I actually just wrote a, an article on LinkedIn not too long ago talking about the new paradigm in BD or B2B, which is the buyers have all the power now, right? We have to yeah. accept that in to your exact point, map to their buying process, not your sales process. And yeah. Now, the, the good thing for, I think, a lot of the startups and you know, high growth, not even high growth, looking to go high growth, they have a real advantage over some larger companies that it's going to take them four years to be able to make that shift. So I think, you know, I'm starting to see some of that disruption where the smaller companies will have a distinct advantage over some of their older, more mature counterparts. Yes. If you can really, if the key to success, if you really focus in on buyer requirements as opposed to just user requirements, if you really hone in on buyer requirements, you will have that advantage. Because today, the whole adage of hiring anyone, no one gets fired from by hiring IBM, those days are over now. Business buyers are very open now to getting providers who are going to really step up and deliver to them in terms of the product, the service, the advice and support that they need. So business buyers now, even in large organizations, are very open. And so if you can really hone in and understand what are those key priorities to those decision makers, is it about revenue? Is it about uh, taking out costs, reducing risk? Is it about customer retention? And really being able to demonstrate and deliver through your product offering how you will deliver to those requirements. You will win. You will win the, those customers. Those customers, those buyers will stay with you. And that in itself will help generate that whole revenue growth effect. 
Awesome. 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 All right. So let's, let's transition. That was really valuable into, and the way I kind of looked at it when I read your book was the listen is, is kind of what I need to do. Right. So validate with the customers, the innovate really gets into the how, right? This is how we're going to achieve those goals and, and get to those levels. Is that a fair um, yeah, listen, assessment? Yeah. Brett, listen the, 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 Outcome from listening is to understand where you need to focus. So which markets, which industries, which customers, who are the kinds of buyers you need to focus on? So who, it tells you who do you need to focus on. Innovate now is really now how are you going to win? How are you going to gain those customers that you're seeking? What are the things that you need to be doing to deliver to those buyer needs to make them want to buy from you? Awesome. Let's dig in. Why don't you walk us through some of the top things that, that folks should be thinking about as they're entering into this, this, this phase or this stage of the framework? So, Brett, once, uh, once you as a startup founder, as an SME, so you've got you know clear understanding of who you're focusing in on, so where your focus is in terms of the markets, the kinds of customers, who the buyers are, then you need to think about how are you going to win, how are you going to acquire them, retain those customers, and also grow from them. And that's how we innovate. But you must think in terms of business innovation. And so by business innovation, it goes beyond just thinking about how do we improve upon the product. And also, let me just take a step back. Innovation doesn't have to be necessarily coming up with the new, the new technology, the new thing. It's not about becoming the next Airbnb, the next Uber, the next. It doesn't necessarily need to be disruptive. It can be about making improvements within your business operations. And you need to be looking broadly across your business as to how you can modify and or improve to meet buyer needs. So you need to be looking at your products and your services. That's one element, definitely. But you should also be looking at things also such as what I call organizational innovation. So are there ways perhaps in terms of you might want to be participating in partnerships, alliances with strategic partners that might help you to meet customer buyer needs. Marketing innovation is also another area. And I would say marketing innovation is one of the business innovation that every startup and SME must be looking at if they want to drive growth in a business-to-business context. As there are two particular forms of marketing innovation, which are influencer marketing and advocacy marketing, which are two very low-cost but very highly effective ways to really influence and gain the buyer's and the customers that you're seeking. So those, that's another form of innovation that definitely every startup in SME should be taking a strong look at. Again, making it very buyer-driven. And there's also processes innovation. So looking at the ways in which your business operates in terms of its processes, its systems, and another form of innovation when we talk about process innovation that startups and SMEs should be looking at is what I call collaboration or customer co-creation. So working with your customers to be developing and approving upon your product and your service offerings. So it's about looking at your business, understanding your, your customers, your buyers, the markets that you're going after, and based on their needs, their priorities and requirements, what are the elements within your business around your products and services, is around your marketing, around some of your processes, with your structured organizational-wise, your processes, what are multiple elements can you leverage and utilize to meet those buyer-customer requirements? 
No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad th- and thank you for the clarification on innovation, because I think that word scares people sometimes and it really doesn't have to. It's really about, you know, operationalizing. You could have very different looking businesses and in, in how you go to market based on, you know, the products or services that you're, you're selling into these businesses. And, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. The one thing I find a lot as well with some of these companies, smaller companies, they don't really measure anything. And, you know, that's my one piece of advice is one, have goals and then two, start to measure your, your different, especially around customer touch points. So you understand what's working, what's not working and, and where you can improve. Oh, yes. You, I'm having, yeah, you definitely have to have metrics. You need to be measuring. You need to be constantly reflecting, looking back to see what's working, what's not working. And you need to have that measurement. You need to have that customer feedback, that buyer feedback and your measurements, you know, what's working, what's not working so that you can, because you're going to be continually having to modify and improve. Um, because this is an ongoing process, the, the listen, innovate, grow. It's not a one-off. This is not a project. This is not an initiative. This is a way of doing business. And you constantly have to be keeping evolving and improving because markets are changing. There's you know new technologies, new trends. Customer buy requirements are changing, so which means as a result, you're going to have to constantly be reevaluating evaluating and modifying what you're doing, how you're doing things to make sure that you're sustaining and having that profitable growth. So having measurement, um, having buyer interaction, buyer feedback is critical to be able to maintain that constant pivoting, that continuous improvement to have sustainable profitable growth. Yeah. And I think that's something you said there is really true is it's a, it's a living and breathing, right? The business is going to ebb and flow and you can't, the, even back to the market and the customer, you're right. Listening to your customer, that should be an ongoing thing, not a, a one-time event. Um, but I find that the customer aspect, I don't mean to go back there, but it, that even the large companies I've been with don't listen either. And I think you made that point early on that, you know, that that's where all the gold is, right? I, I like to used to do, you know, win-loss analysis with with um, deals we won. It was great to hear why we won, but the, I think there's a lot of gold in the reasons why you lost, right? You may get a lot more insights into why somebody bought somebody else or, or didn't buy. So you just I brought us off topic a little bit. So. No, you didn't bring us off topic. Not at all, Brett. Actually, quite the contrary. Having that listening, that listening to your customers and having that depth of understanding around your customers and your buyers is essential and critical. And it is the basis for success. And, it, and it's that lack of having that depth of understanding around customers. And in a business-to-business context, you must have an in-depth understanding of buyers. It is that lack of understanding and depth of understanding of buyers is the reason why 43% of startups and small medium businesses fail and why product market fit is such a problematic uh, because you're building products first and you're building products for users without having any understanding of is there a market opportunity, who are the buyers and what are they looking for and not connecting the dots and not connecting the dots in terms of priorities as well as how do business buyers buy. You need to aim at buyer enablement, making it easy for them to buy. Therefore, you need to understand who the buyers are, how do they buy, what sort of information, what do they need to see, who do they need to talk to, who do they need to hear reviews from, who are the thought leaders in your industry, in your niche that are regarded on that they listen to. You need to have an understanding of that because that's going to define your product, your your products, your services, your go-to-market. It's going to define all those things. 
Awesome. So true. So, so true. Is there anything else you want to touch on innovate or we, you want to dig into to growth here? I guess the only thing I just want to emphasize again for listeners is that, yeah, you've got to get that depth of understanding about your buyers and there's a number of ways that you can do so. And that doesn't require spending lots of money, but getting a depth of understanding of some buyers and even just, and just start small, even with just a handful, uh, even getting an understanding from a, even a handful of business buyers will give you a lot of insight and direction as to the kinds of things that you need to focus on and think business innovation, think beyond product. Think about what can I do in terms of my marketing, my, uh, my processes, how my business operates. Think beyond, pro, uh, beyond just product would be the two big things that I would be saying as um, really, yeah, things that you need to do. Yeah, that's, that's good. And I think that um, the two types of listeners that, that we have, one's already established, they've been running a while, they, they've got customers, you know, build into that customer listening, you know, as part of an ongoing program. But then two, if you're thinking about getting into business, go talk to your potential customers and validate your ideas before making the full leap. Right? Yeah. And, and Brett, I would add uh, getting that input and validating, but also look at, um, which is a form of a business innovation. So opportunities to collaborate and work with, to co-create, because that is in a highly effective way. Uh, and many tech startups do that, but all products and service providers, you know, look at opportunities, ways you can work, have workshops, and how can you get your customers involved in the development of your product and service office. That co-creation is also very important and a very effective way in terms of how you can scale and grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to let the listeners know, too, that we are covering a lot of information. Go pick up Michael's book when we're done, because he he basically walks you step by step through this and goes into much greater detail about each of these, which I think you guys will find uh, very helpful and effective. So I didn't want to forget to touch on that before we moved into growth. And uh, why don't you help us unpack that, Michael? So in terms of growth, uh, so in the growth section, it's looking about, you know, what are the different ways that you can grow? Are you going to be looking to you know, go overseas? Are you looking to grow your overall market? So there are various strategies in terms of how you can grow. And so that's quite important in terms of wanting to being able to scale up, so identifying other market opportunities. But it goes beyond just your growth strategy of growing. It's also about a lot of things, things you need to do to maintain sustainable, profitable growth. So it's making sure that you're managing your finances because you want to make sure that you've got a, a very robust growth strategy and that you're managing your finances because you've got to be able to fund that growth. But it's also looking at creating the right environment within your startup or SME, because as you grow your business and you have more staff involved, the dynamics, the culture of your business is going to be changing. So you need to be making sure that you are looking after your people, getting the right kind of people on board. You're creating the right kind of environment within your business as it grows. So you can continue to have that innovation, working with your customers. So that environment for experimentation, innovation, and growth continues. So it's all about looking at so the growth section is about, yes, what's your growth strategy, but also making sure you're looking after your people and creating the right kind of culture and environment to get the right kind of people uh, so that they will stay with you and they themselves will grow as the organization is building and growing as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point and it's often overlooked is I, I talk to 
different business owners is they're getting to the point of having to hire people now, right? They're, the business is getting to the point. And, you know, my advice to them is always play to your strength, right? If, if you're good at sales, figure out how people can get you more leads and take some of the operational pieces off it. But if you're really good at the delivery, depending on what your product is, make sure that you're investing wisely into, you know, each of the areas, but that you're building a well-rounded team that the other thing I had, uh, Teresa Marzo on here a little while ago, and she was really talking about culture. And that's, she's really, she started a company focused on helping, you know, startups build the right culture. And, you know, one thing she emphasized quite a bit was the make sure the people that you're bringing on are aligned with what your goals and, you know, aspirations are for this business. Cause if it's not a good fit, you know, especially at that size, it's, it's tough to, you know, from a, a churn or employees quitting puts a, a big stress on the business. Um, Brett, I think Teresa is totally spot on. The culture element, which ties directly to the people element, is absolutely critical because you because as you scale and grow and you get more people, the environment of having a five person you know, startup, small, medium business is going to change. Once you start getting to 15, 20 people, the, the culture of the organization is going to change because you're going to have to be putting in more structure. You're going to have to have a more proper uh, organizational structure. You're going to need to have more processes, procedures as you get more people, you get more, as the operations get bigger. And so you need to be very conscious of rep around the culture and making sure you're cultivating the right kind of culture as the business grows and changes. And you want to make sure you're building in the right kind of people, but also making sure you're trying to maintain the culture that you want for the organization. So, and that's where things often go wrong. And there also needs to be a recognition that, you know, you will have some churn because the organization at five people is not going to be the same when it's 15, 20. There are going to be dynamics, you know, it will, it will not suit everyone, but it's recognizing that and making sure you're putting in the right kind of strategies and the right kind of things in place to create the right kind of culture, right kind of environment, and that you're getting the right kind of people as the organization is getting, is scaling up and becoming larger. Awesome. No, that's so, so true. That's good. Anything else in growth that you want to touch on? I'm trying to be sensitive to your time. You've been very generous with us. Not at all. Um, I think just, I would say again, it's um, making sure, you know, managing your finances is very important, but that people culture aspect is something as Teresa, your other guest has talked about. It is critical and important because as you scale up and grow, People are your X factor. That's how you're going to win. That's when you have sustainable, profitable growth. Often it's thought as the, you know, the soft, touchy-feely stuff. It's a critical piece because if you cannot create an environment to attract or retain the right kind of people to execute your strategy, you can't have sustainable, profitable growth. So growth is not just about the strategy, about your go-to-market and, and how you're going to you know, penetrate new markets and uh, acquire new customers. Yes, it's all about that, but it's about that culture, people creating that kind of environment. There needs to be a lot of thought given and action taken to create a positive environment to have the right kind of people to be able to execute and have the sustainable profitable growth. So don't minimize the people culture factor. It is very important, particularly once you're starting to grow and, and, and change because it will be very different from when you're starting off early. Things will change and you need to be conscious of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And, you know, we've both been around the block a little bit. And I think earlier in our careers, people looked at jobs as jobs, right? So if I do this, I can get promoted to this and move to that. And, you know, I think the millennials take uh, 
take the hit for this, but you know, they want mission purpose type of work, something that they can get behind as the company. And then I think to myself, that's, that's what I want as well. It's a new way of working now. It's not just for millennials. I just think it's full stop. A lot of people now it's, it's a new way of working with the whole gig economy now taking off. People take a very different view towards um, having a role. And if an organization doesn't fit what their needs are and it goes beyond the paycheck, people will move now and there's lots of options now. So it, it, it's a new way of working. It's a new mindset about working and about career now, which is another reason why we, you have to be very conscious about people and culture as a key component of your growth strategy. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's a good place to, to leave that. I'd like to, to pivot a little bit now into our closing time segment. Yeah. This is a chance for, for my audience to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with a couple questions. Are you ready? Go for it, Brett. All right. What do you like to do when you're not helping businesses grow? When I'm not helping businesses grow, I like to go to the gym because I do like to try and keep fit. Love hanging out with friends. Love to cook. So I've got quite an arsenal of cookbooks. And travel is my big thing. Um, yeah, love to travel. So um, yeah, I would say people in travel are my big passion and take up a big part of my free time. Yeah, that's awesome. If if the folks didn't pick up on that earlier, you know, Michael did say he's got clients in uh, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So he's found a way to get himself across the the country. So yeah, <laughs> like, me too. I've got to yeah, I've got to merge what I love doing for work with my my personal pleasure of the people in travel. So yeah, a, a very conscious strategic decision, Brett. Yeah, smart, smart, smart. All right, number two. What is one thing you would highly recommend? One thing I would highly recommend, are you talking from a business standpoint? Well, I would say from a business standpoint, you've got to talk to customers, prospective customers, talk to prospective buyers. If, if you take nothing else from this, from me talking, talk to prospective uh, buyers, even if that's a couple. Yeah, makes makes sense. How how from a personal set? The one I like to to use is enjoy the process. And it sounds like with your job and what you're doing, you really do enjoy the process. And if you're only shooting for the the end zone or the the finish line, you're going to be disappointed most of the time when you get there. And you, you're going to realize a number of years went by that you didn't didn't take the time to really enjoy just what you're doing. Yeah, enjoy the process, trust and trust the process. Because as we all know, as entrepreneurs, um, and business owners, there are going to be yeah days where weeks where you feel like, yeah, you've nailed it. Other times, well, you know, it's quiet. You're not sure if things are moving in the right direction. You just have to, yeah, to enjoy the process, but trust the process and have a degree of patience. Yeah, that's so true. So true. And last but not least, our last call, what is your drink or beverage of choice? Oh, my drink or beverage of choice. I do like champagne. I like a good champagne or sparkling wine. If not technically from the champagne region of France and being of Caribbean descent, I do love my rum and coke. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you make it sound like summer already. Well, I guess it is summer <laughs> there for, for you. So good. Well, I really appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want to discuss before we wrap this up? No, I think that's pretty much, yeah. Um, okay. Get my book, Listen, Innovate, Grow, and do your listening. Uh, that listening is critical and important, and it will drive everything that you do. Um, so listen to buyers, make it easy for them to buy. So knowing, you know, 
how they buy, who do they talk to, what do they look at, what are they expecting from you. And if you can deliver to those things, you will have success as a start small, medium business, and you will beat out the big guns, um, you know, the big players in the market. Absolutely. And last but not least, yes, I would highly recommend Michael's book. Plus, if you go to his website, which I'll link to in the show notes, he's got a lot of also different types of you know, frameworks and tools that, that are available for download there, plus newsletter, plus you've got uh, your TV program. So yeah, you can, TV as well, yes. So like I said, I'll link to everything in the show notes. And is there any other place that uh, where folks can find you if they're more interested in learning about you? Um, yeah, if you're uh, interested, want to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. And yeah, so just uh, drop me a quick note. And yeah, happy to connect and have a chat. Awesome. Well, thank you, Michael. This has been a lot of fun and a whole lot of value. And I really appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us today. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for having me, Brett. All right. Have a good day. You too. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R dot com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.